The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Tuesday morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Go to sonsoflibertyradio.com or sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you go to sonsoflibertymedia.com and you are listening by Red State Talk Radio, you can scroll down and right on the right side of the page, uh, we are going live, and this is the morning show, and then at 3 p.m. Bradley comes on, and he'll be live on sonsoflibertymedia.com. Now, uh, again, just to remind everybody, if you don't see one of us up on a platform, sonsoflibertymedia.com is where you go, unless maybe Bradley's traveling or something. Even even with me last week, I still put up the radio player so that you could hear the show. That was in the same place that the video is. So if you ever wonder where we're at or any of that other, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com and you'll find us there one way or the other, all right? Um, while you're there at sonsoflibertymedia.com, above the videos of the, the live stream and the, the replays, if you're coming in after it's live, there's a place where you can put your email in. Um, subscribe, to our, subscribe to our page. Uh, we need your support in a lot of different ways. You guys know the censorship that's going on. It's been real for us since, oh, I don't know, the first part of 2015. <clears throat> and um, it's gotten only worse because people won't bring justice against it. You can't get lawyers with any teeth in them uh, to take it to these guys. Uh, so now we're getting some word that uh, there is somebody who's filing a lawsuit, a media group who's filing a lawsuit against uh, some of the big tech companies, which is good. I, I hope that somebody will pick that up. Uh, I hope there will be some pressure brought to bear on some of these um, justices or judges or whoever that they'll actually take a look at what these uh, these criminals are doing. So sign up there. We don't rent your email. We don't spam you. We don't sell your email. All we do is send you in one email each night. It gives you the articles that myself and Bradley and other contributors have at sonsoflibertymedia.com. <clears throat> and that's it. Also, if you want to donate and help us out, we let you know our needs. If you're able to help and you want to help, there's a donate button at the top of Sons of Liberty Media. Also, if you'd like to partner with us, a monthly partner, you can become a son or daughter of liberty. That's also at the top of the page. 
And then if you'd like to help us out by purchasing product, you can do that too. We've got a store there, shirts, t-shirts, um, hats, comic books. There's uh, Bradley's My War DVD series and uh, lots of other stuff in the store that you can purchase. And that helps us out as well. All right. Um, if you'd like to check us out online as far as the live video feed, not just Sons of Liberty, but we're on BeforeIt'sNews.com, uh, out on Twitter at Bradley Dean One, at least for another month or so before they shut Periscope down. We're on Periscope and Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, uh, Facebook at Bradley Dean SOL. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which I'm not on. Uh, YouTube channel is Bradley Dean. And then DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty and finally Cutting Edge TV on Roku. And we appreciate all those guys uh, giving us a platform, even though some of them, <laughs> like DLive, is starting to take their mask off too. Uh, so who knows how long uh, political speech is going to be allowed on that platform. It was mainly a, a video platform. You know, people play games. I don't, I've never understood the thing of wanting to watch somebody else do something like a video game or a sporting event. I don't understand that. I, I was always one that wanted to be in the action, not watching it. So with that said, there's places where we got uh, today to where we need to be in the action. Now, <clears throat> coming on, I noticed a couple of comments. Somebody said, you know, what are we to do to stop the NWO, the New World Order? How do we stop it? And I get it. It seems like a giant, doesn't it? It seems like a giant. And I remember there was this little shrimp of a boy who looked after some sheep. And in looking after some sheep, he would guard them. And one time there was a bear that came up to attack the sheep, and he killed the bear. And one time there was a lion that came up to attack the sheep, and he killed it to protect the sheep. And it was getting him ready for something because he goes into the city, and he finds the army all out, trembling, in fear. And he goes there, this little shrimp of a boy. He goes in there and he goes, what are you guys doing? Because he's out there to you know, bring some food to his brothers. He said, what are you doing? And they're like, see that guy over there? He's a giant. He's nine foot tall. He's a giant. He's, and, and this little boy can hear the giant taunting the armies. Not taunting one guy. Taunting the armies. And the little boy says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Hmm? That he would defy the armies of God. You know the story, right? And they want to fit him out with all his armor. They want him to trust in the arm of the flesh, right? That's what the Bible says. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not against armor. I'm not against weapons. Because obviously, young David had a sling, right? That's a weapon. So he goes down, and he tells the giant who taunts him, Am I, you know, am I a dog? You're going to send out this boy against me? And the guy says, you know, you, you've run your mouth against God and against his people long enough. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off, and I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. And sure enough, the battle doesn't even make it out of the first round, does it? The first stone slung, the giant goes down, gets his head cut off. The armies of God are encouraged, and they go chase the Philistines down. 
That's how you're going to defeat the NWO, if you will. You're going to have to bring some justice here. (laughs) You're going to have to stand up and bring some justice. It's not enough to get mad. It's not enough to get or have a rally. There's going to have to be a movement to start impeaching judges at a local level, to start putting in good men at a local level. Forget D.C., you're not going to, that's just, that's going to be the way it is. Those people are corrupt. The corrupt are not going to bring justice against the corrupt. They're just not going to do it. You're going to have to start there. You're going to have to start dealing the blows of justice against those who are corrupt locally. When you do that, you'll spawn off something that will grow. Because others will learn you're not going to tolerate it there. You're not going to tolerate the corruption there. You're just not going to do it. If you don't, it's going to end up being bloody. It just is. There's just there's no way around that. And I don't say that with any joy. I think people who get on uh, social media and internet and they get too much testosterone, they say, oh, I'm just waiting to kill commies. I, yeah, there are Trump supporters I saw in some of the chat rooms who spoke that way. Called me a commie. They can't wait to kill me. Yeah, that's what they said. Maybe they're... Maybe they're trolls and they're not really Trump supporters, but they sure they sure supported him with a lot of other stuff. But the point is, is this. Those people obviously don't know what war is or they wouldn't desire it so much. Pretty much anybody who's been in war doesn't want it. And we've seen guys come through the COVID lockdown. There was one guy, I can't remember his name, but I think he was in California, who took a stand and he was talking about Get rid of these lockdowns. Look, I've been in war. I know what it's like. You're asking for that in the streets. And I don't want it, but that's what you're pushing the people towards. And that's exactly what they want. So before the people move in that direction, the people need to think about it too. What it's going to cost you. Now, with that said, there's a lot of different things that are going on. I... uh I was going to come in and have one particular topic, but there's several stories that are out there that I think probably need to get our attention. And I don't think that these are distractions by any means. I think they're a concerted effort against us coming in from all sides. And again, if you read Deuteronomy 28, if you read Leviticus 26, one of the things that you see are these multiple judgments that God sends on a people the curses, if you will, in Deuteronomy 28, curses that come upon the people for their disobedience. See, a lot of people thought that when Donald Trump was in and because he said God and Jesus and he recognized Christmas, which the Bible, I mean, let's just be honest. I'm like Spurgeon when it comes to that, Charles Spurgeon, great preacher from the 19th century. I can say Merry Christmas. I have no problem with that. But there's a lot of things about that that aren't very helpful. And the fact of the matter is, people get latched onto these things rather than what the Word of God says. And they think that they're exemplifying holiness or Christianity, and they're not. They've got a thin veneer of Christianity, but they're still living like the devil. Now, with that said... A lot of people thought God was blessing them because they were having these rallies. They were singing, God bless America. They were singing Amazing Grace. 
all of this stuff. And by the way, Joe Biden and them at the inauguration were singing Amazing Grace, weren't they? And they even quoted scripture. That's the shallowness of American Christianity for the most part. The shallowness of American Christianity I spoke about yesterday. God put Donald Trump in there. We should pray for our president. Did you pray for Barack Obama? Not that I think he was a president. I think he was a usurper, just like I do Joe Biden. And their mouths shut. Their mouths absolutely shut. And they go, how dare you ask that I pray for such a man? See, their, their, their theology is about an inch deep and a mile wide. And they don't understand all of these things that God has taught us, nor, are, nor do they seem to have courage to go to the fight. And, I, you know, yesterday I wanted the show to be about giving you encouragement. Too many people have been sucked down, wearied, tired. You know what, uh, Liv? You don't know what you're talking about. Stop bashing Trump. He did a great job. We all know the election was cheated. Yeah, the election was cheated. I never said that. In his relationship between Trump and God, you have no right. Actually, I do live. It's called the Scripture. The Scripture says to call out such men. The Scripture says to judge them by their fruit. But I guess you don't know those Scriptures, do you? And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The ignorance of people to say such a thing. They don't even know what the man did and didn't do, for real. They've listened to their favorite talking heads. And you know what? You know what that's going to get us? More judgment. Because we're not listening to God. We're listening to talking heads. There's a lot of people that write that I like. And when I see them write something goofy, I go, that's not biblical. Let me give you a few instances of things that are going on, because I don't want to get sidetracked on, off of that, okay? The censorship continues. Many of you see this if you're on social media platforms. If you're in, um, look, you don't even have to be a content creator. I see people who share a meme. I, I see people who write something, and they share it on social media, and they get banned. You know, you will not say those words. You will not... Uh, tell the truth about this. You're not allowed to challenge the narrative that's out there. And not only do they ban you, they put a little thing down on the bottom that says, oh, this has been checked by an independent fact checker. They're self-proclaimed fact checkers, like self-proclaimed false prophets. These guys have determined that you're, you're not telling the truth. And, and these people have been found out to not tell the truth themselves. Here's, here's one of the stories that came out yesterday. Academic Media Censorship Conference <laughs> censored by YouTube. It's absolutely incredible. This is from Alan McLeod. He writes, the entire video uh, record of the conference, estimated at around 24 hours of material, was mysteriously disappeared no, it wasn't. They just took it, like they did our stuff at Sons of Liberty. It was disappeared from YouTube, say conference organizers. An academic critical media literacy conference warning of the dangers of media censorship has, ironically, 
been censored by YouTube. The Critical Media Literacy Conference of the Americas 2020 took place without incident online over two days in October. In October. And featured a number of esteemed speakers and panels discussing issues concerning modern media studies. Weeks later, however, weeks, not that day, not while it was going, weeks later. All right? The entire video record of the conference disappeared. Organizer Nolan Hidgden of California State University, East Bay, began, rece- began receiving worried messages from other academics, some of which were shared with Mint Press. This is who Alan McLeod writes for. Who had been using the material in their classrooms, noting that it had mysteriously disappeared. At first, I thought it was a joke said Mickey Huff of Diablo Valley College, California. My initial reaction was, that's absurd. There must have been a mistake or an accident, or it must have got swept under somehow. There is no violation. There was no reasoning. Welcome to our world, (laughs) Mr. Huff. There was no warning. There was no explanation. There was no nothing. The entire channel was just gone. So this is another attack. On the trust of the people. Again, it's not an attack on the First Amendment. The First Amendment is regards Congress. Congress can make no law. Okay? This is an issue of trust of the people. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all these guys say, hey, content creators, come, especially Facebook and YouTube, come and create your stuff. We want to give you a platform for that stuff. And by the way, YouTube is a child company of the Alphabet company for Google. Google was started up with $15 million of your money, America. That's right. It was unconstitutional money given to them by CIA front group in QTEL. And yet, they are one of the biggest censors on the Internet. And they're where they are with $15 million, at least $15 million, maybe more, I don't know. But at least $15 million went to Google unconstitutionally through the CIA and their front group, InQtail, your money. I'll let that sink in for just a second. But they are violating your trust. They're telling you, come start your business here. Come you know, buy ads for your business. All of them do it, Facebook, YouTube. Google, and then over the past, I don't know, five years, six years or so, they've incrementally been tightening the noose. At first, it was a little bottlenecking of traffic every once in a while. It would ebb and flow. And then it was just basically cutting it off to a drip. Then it's cutting off that you can't advertise on the platform. Then they're working with people like NewsGuard who want to come in and rate your uh, site as untrustworthy. They they basically say they have a nutritional guideline and they basically say this is bad for your health. That's basically what they're saying. And then when they're called out on it for their fraud and for their libel, they say, oh, well, it's just our opinion. Uh-huh. But you're putting your opinion out to everybody, which makes you liable. So, this is part of what's going on here. I mean, it, it's amazing... 
The irony. An academic media censorship conference censored by YouTube. Now, you would think if the people could come up with a way to do what the guys, you know, the uh, Wall Street bets for, for Reddit, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. It would be great if the people could find a way to censor YouTube or censor Google or censor Facebook. I don't know if there's a way you can reverse that and do it. I think that'd be... Somebody out there probably already has the idea. But that's what I would love to see. Or somebody who can do one of those things like they did with the comment section on certain websites. And so when somebody was banned from a website because of their comments, they had this thing, and I can't remember what they called it, but they would put it in, and the person could still comment even though they've been banned. You see, when you push these kinds of things, inquisitive minds are going to go, how do I get around this? Because this is unlawful. It's unlawful what you're doing. All right, so let's give a couple of other things here. Because in the title of the video portion of the show, you know, I gave you several things of where there's attacks. This is just, this is one that, uh, this is one of the latest here on the censorship front. And there's a bunch on the vaccine front of censorship, okay? There's a bunch on that. And you guys already know, I've had several videos taken down, and you know that I show you the stuff. I show you the documents. I show you the websites. I play the videos. I'm not just coming up with something off the top of my head. I bring in the experts. I'll bring in the doctor or the nurse or whatever, And yet that gets pulled because it doesn't go along with the narrative. Entire channels pulled. Vimeo, YouTube. I, I told, I'm just surprised we still have Facebook. I really am. Let's talk about some of the things that's going on with the Second Amendment. I spoke about this on Saturday as far as Joe Biden is concerned. And his little deal concerning... Um, the attacks on the Second Amendment, even though he says he's for the Second Amendment. And one of the things that we're finding is there's a whole pile of legislation that's coming that's going to be pushed by this administration. Now, the legislation obviously comes out of Congress, but hey, you've got the guys with the masks off leading Congress now. You've got the guys with the masks off leading Congress. One of the things that's coming out is uh, this one, H.R. 127, the Sabika Sake Firearm Licensing and Registration Act. Yeah, it sounds like what it is. Um, this comes from Guns in the News. One sad reality of some of the most extreme anti-Second Amendment legislation is that it will come back in Congress after Congress as long as its sponsor is still out there. That's what this particular Sabika Sake Firearm Licensing and Registration Act is one of these bills. All right, so who is Sabika Sheikh? Uh, this is a news report that will give you kind of a flavor of what that is. You guys remember the Santa Fe shooting? Happened a couple of years ago. This report here will give you 
who this young lady is. Today we are seeing signs of recovery as friends and family pause to remember the victims of Friday's deadly shooting. Yeah, just this afternoon there was a remembrance service for Sabika Sheikh. She was an exchange student from Pakistan who was killed in that gunfire. We have team coverage of the Santa Fe High School shooting. Taisha Walker covering this morning's service in Santa Fe with Governor Greg Abbott. Bill Spencer has a look at the vigils taking place. But we begin with Ryan Korsgaard who is in Stafford where the funeral for that exchange student took place this afternoon. Ryan. I'll tell you what, there were so many people here this afternoon. She was remembered as a lovely, beautiful person who simply wanted to go out and impact the world. A funeral for 17-year-old Sabika Sheikh at the Islamic Center in Stafford. She came to the United States as a foreign exchange student from Pakistan. She became a part of the Cogburn family, her hosts here. We had no idea what God was going to send us. But he sent us one of the most precious gifts that I've ever had in my life. She traveled more than 8,000 miles and joined a family with six kids. The Cogburn family says she united their family through love and told them she wanted to learn more about America. But she also wanted Americans to learn more about her home country. I just want you all to know who she is, who her heart is, how brave she is. I always told her, Sabika, you have a warrior's heart. She wanted to be a businesswoman, and she says she wanted to impact the world, and I think she has done that. We both became very close, and um, she was the most beautiful, loving person I've ever met. That's one thing several people said here today. We want to let you know that from here, her body was taken to Bush Airport for that trip back to Pakistan. We're live in Stafford, Ryan Korsgaard, KPRC, Channel 2 News. All right. And uh, so there you have it. Now you know where the name comes from. Why is that important? I didn't see any American people, you know, Americans' names. This is a foreign exchange student. Now, look, I'm not trying to make light of the girl's death. But you see they brought that whole Islam thing in. They're using somebody who isn't even American and again, that's not to devalue her life. I, I, it, nothing justifies the girl being killed. Okay, nothing justifies that. But what? But it's being used as a propaganda against American people. Oh, this girl came to America. She wanted something better. Blah blah blah. All this stuff. And now we've got legislation in Congress with her name on it. Again, this is from. Uh, guns in the news here. This legislation was introduced last year in the 116th Congress and covered at Amoland. It was part of a package of three bills introduced by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. Remember the lady who thinks that the Constitution is 400 years old? Um, and all kinds of other weird non-Jeopardy questions. The other two being Santa Fe High School Victims Act. Okay, at least that's inclusive there. And the Kimberly Vaughn Firearms Safe Storage Act. This year, it is labeled under H.R. 127, as opposed to being H.R. 4801 in the last Congress. Now, my understanding is as these numbers go down, you go to 4800 to 127 or 10 or something, that's the ones that usually get pushed forward first. Okay? As you can imagine... This Congress's iteration of the Sabika Sheikh Firearm Licensing and Registration Act is no less onerous and oppressive as it is as its predecessor. If anything, though, some of the provisions now carry new 
menace giving the constant calls for deprogramming we hear from the pundits and cable news outlets of a certain persuasion. Like its iteration in the last Congress, H.R. 127 calls for a psychological evaluation of those who wish to exercise their Second Amendment rights. That's right. If you have a gun, or if you want a gun, this bill is calling for you to be psychologically evaluated before you can exercise a God-given right that these criminals are trying to infringe upon. Now, <clears throat> let, me, let me put this out here. You guys remember after the Sandy Hook incident, right? All this talk about mental health, right? That came to the forefront out of nowhere. And I told the conservative people who were promoting that crap, I said, this is going to come back and bite you. You do not want government determining who is mentally healthy and who is not. I mean, my goodness, the majority of our government is run by mentally ill people. They are people at war with God in the first place. You don't want them determining who is mentally fit and who is not. But this is part of what they want to do. Not only that... Um, there's other things here. We could very well see the psychological evaluation used to target those who dissent from anti-Second Amendment extremism. How is it extremism to say the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed? You don't have authority to write law on it. You don't have authority to regulate it, to restrict that that. Right? You don't have it any more than you have in the First Amendment the right to squash the freedom to exercise the Christian religion. And outside the four walls of the church, too, by the way. Or to speak. Or to gather. Or to address your government for, uh, for grievances. That is not to be, there's no, legis, there's no authority for the feds to be doing any of that, and yet they've been doing it for years, and we've been letting them do it. And we keep thinking, if we just vote red this year, if we just vote blue this year, we're going to get that. Guys, you've been voting red and blue for 170 years. What's that gotten you? I'll tell you what it's gotten you. It's gotten you further and further down the road of serfdom. You're about to be slaves. I mean... Look around you. Go back just to 1913 and look at what your dollar would buy. Go back to 1913 and see what kind of gun laws were in place. There weren't none. Go back and look at some of the restrictions on plants, for instance. 1913, there weren't any. Why, why are we continually going down the road of a police state and totalitarianism? Because we're a people who won't obey God. God gave ten commandments. <laughs> he expounded on them in the book of Deuteronomy. And Leviticus. He expounded upon those ten commandments there. The moral law of God. And the people would say, no, nope, not so sure about that. Maybe we can just fudge on this one a little bit and change this one a little bit and 
then we can write our own stuff in there and this looks okay to do. And, and that's how we get in trouble. That's exactly how we get in trouble. Let me give you a couple other things that are happening on this Second Amendment front. <clears throat> Again, Obama, I mean, why is this? I thought we were supposed to see some justice out of the Trump administration. All of us know that Barack Obama is pulling a lot of strings behind the scenes during the Trump administration of alleged attacks on him. And nothing has been done to deal with this usurper. But he's still, he's still pushing the anti-gun agenda, the anti-Second Amendment agenda. Now, I gotta, I gotta ask a question here. What is it when America goes into foreign countries that we deem, oh, that guy's got, he's a dictator. We gotta use our military for that. We're not even gonna get congressional approval to go do it like Obama did with Libya. And if you go back and watch that little session with Jeff Sessions, Jeff Sessions was dealing with Leon Panetta, who was the Defense Department Secretary at the time, and he goes, well, you know, our Constitution says that you have to come before Congress and get a declaration of war before you go doing this stuff. And this was after the fact. They didn't stop him before. This was after the fact. And Panetta looked at him, eh, we don't really need to do that. We can get an international consensus and do that. See, these people just throw off the law. They are lawless. They are lawless. And the fact that Jeff Sessions didn't call for a sergeant arms to come arrest these cats right then and there for their defiance of the Constitution just tells you they're controlled opposition. They have no interest in rocking the boat up there at D.C. They just don't have any interest in it. Then we've got a guy that Biden has nominated to head up Homeland Security. Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, Ted Cruz was a guy who sent a letter to his fellow colleagues this week stating that Mayorkas has a history of scandal and a repeated disregard for the rule of law. <laughs> yeah, like virtually everybody in the Biden administration. Senator Cruz says that in addition to being the focus of the damning Inspector General report from 2015, Mayorkas was cited in a 2002 report by the House Committee of Government Reform, which concluded that Mayorkas was guilty of abusing his office. In fact, Senator Cruz indicates that Mayorkas is so corrupt and so far to the left, whatever that means, right, left, that means you're not on the straight and narrow, that means you're not following the law, He's so far off of the straight and narrow, let's put it that way, that when he was nominated to be the Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security, quote, not a single Republican voted for his confirmation. Okay, that gets into party things. I'm glad that they didn't vote for him. That's fine. But, okay, whatever. The the fact of the matter is, this guy's really, really bad. He's like when Trump brought in Bill Barr, and I told you this guy was trouble too, and people didn't believe it, just like they didn't believe it about Brett Kavanaugh, just like they don't believe it about Amy Coney Barrett, just like they don't believe it about whoever, and you try to point them and say, look, this is a record here, this is a history. So why was there such a a thing against Mayorkas? Well, here's what we got. Mayorkas has made it clear that America's borders 
will cease to exist under his tenure. Did you get that? If Mayorkas becomes the head of Homeland Security, America's borders will cease to exist under his tenure. He plans to give citizenship to more than 11 that number keeps touting it's been going it's been touted uh, 11 million illegals since when um i, I want to say at least the mid 90s i just i don't believe that that's an accurate number i i think it's probably a lot more than that <clears throat> but at least um, 11 million illegal aliens who according to a pew poll would vote for anti-gun leftists by an 8 to 1 margin. Now what's interesting about that is many of these illegals come from countries that already engage in that kind of totalitarianism. And they tell you, I came here for a better life to do things we love America blah blah blah. Everybody's guns need to be taken up. Then you don't love America. You didn't come here for a better life. You came to bring your crappy life over here. That's what you came to do. Your, your, your government that you're fleeing from, you came to bring it and establish it here. Because you're uncomfortable with liberty. Instead of trying to change things here, you know, we got a saying down here, down south, that we have the what we call the carpetbaggers. And I don't mean this as a mean thing, okay, to northerners. But they come down here and they go, that ain't the way we did it up, up north. Well, that ain't the way we do it down here. If you want it that way, go back up to north. Go live under the communism of Connecticut. Go live under the communism of New York. You guys have been voting for it. You've been putting it in place. Don't come down here and bring it down south. It's the same thing with illegals. They come in and they do this and they say, this is the way it is. This takes me back to what the scripture says. Do you know that when foreigners came into Israel, they were to follow Israel's laws? Mm -hmm. They were to participate in Israel's feasts. Mm Mm-hmm. Go read the feast. When you have a foreigner come in, they're to partake of it just like you do. They're to follow the laws. And you know what? If they didn't follow the laws, they got the just punishment dealt out to them that the law demanded. Why is that such a hard thing for people to understand here in the West? You can go down to Mexico, and they're not going to change the law for you. You can go to Canada. I I don't know what Canada is going to be. That's just a wacky place up there right now. You can go anywhere in the Middle East. You can go to China. You can go to Russia. They're not going to change the law for you. They're not going to change the language for you. His threat for gun owners. This Mayorkas guy. He'll shift his attention from guarding America's borders to cracking down on right-wing extremists. (laughs) See how they teed all this up? See how they teed this up? And we know from the Obama administration that this means targeting millions of peaceful Americans who believe in the right to keep and bear arms. That's it. They just believe in the right to keep and bear arms. They don't go around brandishing their weapons. They don't go into banks robbing them. They don't go out and murdering people, doing drive-bys. That's not what this is. Those people are criminals. And any red-blooded American who believes in the Second Amendment would call those people out as criminals. They're not Second Amendment proponents. They're criminals. The threat of domestic extremism is one of the greatest threats to domestic homeland security confronts, and it is unique capabilities in confronting it. 
Well, let me tell you something. Here's what I think. I think the office of the Department of Homeland Security is the biggest domestic terrorist front that we have. They are covering for all sorts of people. They do not have America's best interests in mind. And if you don't do what they say, they're going to come crack your head. Just look at what they're doing to you in the airports. They want to swab your bottle of water. They want to swab your computer. They want to put their hands down your pants. They want to x-ray you. They want to fondle your wife and your children. Right there in front of everybody. And the people let them do it. In clear, open violation of the Fourth Amendment. Because people chose to believe in fear after 9-11 rather than really put their faith in God. And if you remember, what did, what did America do? It called the pantheon of gods together and prayed to all the gods George W. Bush, Mr. Skull and Bones himself, leading the charge. You got sheikhs and you got Muslims and you got Christians and you got witches and you got Hindus and Buddh- you got all of them together praying to their gods, kind of like the, the fools that were out there when Elijah took them up on the mountain, crying, oh, singing God bless America. Ignorant people of the true God and of our foundations as America. And all we were doing was saying, God, please send judgment on us. Send some more judgment on us. And we got it. All the Patriot Act and all the legislation that followed, guess what they were? They were attacks on you and me. They weren't attacks on terrorists. They grew government. Republicans answer, you know, Republicans tell you that they are small government, right? They're for small government. George W. Bush grew government. Homeland Security wasn't even an office. Now it gets billions of dollars. It's in your airports. It's in your train stations. It's all over the place. This is this is a huge this is a huge problem. Just a little more on this guy, because this is a big deal. You need to watch for this guy. Okay? Senators asked Mayorkas about the problems with so-called right-wing extremists during his confirmation hearings. He answered that, quote, the threat of domestic extremism is one of the greatest threats the Department of Homeland Security confronts, and it has unique capabilities in confronting it. Indeed, DHS does have unique capabilities to tar and feather those whom the anti-gun left thinks are, quote-unquote, right-wing extremists. In March of 2009, when Mayorkas was a director of Department of home, at the Department of Homeland Security, the single worst report that has ever been produced by Obama's DHS was released. It was entitled Right-Wing Extremism. Remember, I went to this, um, was it a week or two ago, and I quoted for you the 72 things, among other documents, of where they were labeling right-wing extremists, or they were blaming uh, potential domestic terrorists. That was, the, that was the title of it. Specifically, the report targeted military veterans gun owners, and other conservative Americans as quote-unquote right-wing extremists. The report claimed that these alleged right-wing extremists are concerned about, quote, the possible passage of new restrictions on firearms and the return of military veterans with combat skills and experience facing significant challenges reintegrating. 
that the high volume of purchases and stockpiling of weapons and ammunition by right-wing extremists in anticipation of restrictions and bans in some parts of the country continue to be a primary concern to law enforcement. Why? Have I missed the reports where people who are stockpiling weapons and ammunition are going in and shooting up schools? Have I missed those reports? Have I missed the reports where they're going into businesses and killing people at a Christmas party? Did I miss any of those reports? Did I miss any reports where any of these quote-unquote right-wing extremists that stockpile ammo and guns, that they've went out into a mall and shot a bunch of people? Did I miss those reports? No, I didn't miss those reports. They aren't there. They aren't there. There is nothing to fear from anybody who has a bazillion guns and a bazillion rounds of ammunition, a tank, an aircraft carrier, whatever, if they're a law-abiding person. And I mean abiding by the moral law of God. There's nothing to fear from those people. They're not out to harm anybody. Any of those weapons would be used what? For good. To stop bad people, criminals, tyrants, whatever. And finally in this report... The report attacks those who are in, quote, opposition to gun control efforts, who have, quote, perceived government infringement on civil liberties, who oppose a new world order, who are preppers, and who stockpile food, ammunition, and weapons. Now, I'm running out of time, so I want to hit this real quick. There are some people, and I said this the other day, there are Christians who claim that they, um, you know, they're, they're pacifists. And they think it is more holy, you know, that you don't have guns and, you know, you wouldn't. Look, I, I, I'm a person, I wouldn't want to kill anybody. I have no desire to do that. I, I have no desire to actually shoot somebody. But if push comes to shove, if I'm pushed into that situation and it is to protect family, it is to um, stop a crime from going on or whatever, then I'm willing to do that. I have no problem with it. It doesn't bother my conscience at all. But I want to remind you that, quote-unquote, the father of the faith, Abraham. I want, I, want to, I want to remind you about Abraham. Okay? Because this is very important. If you're a Christian pacifist, this is very important. Genesis chapter 14. This is what we read. And the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adba, the king of Zobium, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar, went out, and they joined battle in the valley of Siddim. And Chedorlaomer, Cheder, I shouldn't have tried to read this early in the morning, king of Elam, title king of Goam, and Raphael, king of Shinar, and Ariok, king of Elasar, four kings against five. And the valley of Siddim was full of bitumen pits. And at the king's And as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell in them, and the rest fled to the hill country. So the enemy took all the possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, you remember that, right? The son of Abram's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom and his possessions and went their way. Now check this out. Check this out right here. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eschol and Aner. These were allies of Abram. 
And when Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, listen to this, he led forth his trained men. Born in his house, 318 of them. (laughs) Trained men, 318 of them. And went in pursuit as far as Dan, and he divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and defeated them. Do you think they did that with some, um, I don't know, waffle guns? Pop-tart guns? Finger guns? No, they didn't have guns then. What do you think they were using? They were using weapons of the day. I mean, they were fighting against kings here. And their armies, 318 trained men in Abraham's house. And Abraham brought back all the possessions and also brought back his kinsman Lot with his possessions and the women and the people. And you know the story from there. He meets Melchizedek, the king of Salem, or Jerusalem as we would understand it. And Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High God. He wasn't just a king, he was a priest. Picture of the Lord Jesus. And he brings him what? Wine and bread. Interesting. That's what Jesus celebrated at the Last Supper. The sealing of the covenant. If you go back and read Daniel chapter 9. Establishing the covenant in the midst of the final week. And Jesus took the cup and he said, This is the cup in my blood. The cup of the new covenant. This do in remembrance of me. That's in that passage too. It's interesting. Here's the father of faith. Why didn't he just trust God that you know Lot would be released? Because God uses means. And this is what people don't understand when you talk about God's sovereignty, like I was speaking about it the other day, yesterday. God's not just doing stuff without using people to do it. He has means for what he does, for what he accomplishes. And by the way, we're told in the Scripture to occupy till he comes, not to give up hope, not to give up heart, not to be disheartened, not to be uh, disillusioned, not to be depressed. We're to occupy. This land is God's land. This world is God's world. It is not the devil's world. I know some of you think that, but it's not. We're to occupy it until he comes. With that said, I got one other thing and I've got a very short time to, to do it. Just a touch on, um, and I'll, I'll drop these articles here where you guys can look up this Lincoln Project thing, right? The sexual abuse of these men, these young men, and um, and how they're leaving Joe Biden out of that. I'll, I'll put that in, in the archive so you guys can check it out because I'm not going to have time to get to it. But there is this issue of the uh, of how the Ill- super rich, if you will, and look, I have no problem with people having riches. That's fine. If, you have, if you're very rich, you have God to thank for that. If you're very poor or somewhere in between, you have God to thank for that. Okay? But some of these super rich use their money for the most evil things. In fact, we're told in the book of James, you know, where the people want to take and um, they want to take the rich people when they come in, their nice clothing and their rings and everything. They want to give them the best seats in the house tell the poor to sit back in the back. And James kind of rebukes them for that. And he says in chapter 2, verse 6, he says, You've despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Aren't they the guys who are 
doing you wrong? Why in the world would you... <laughs> Read James chapter 2. talks about the hypocrisy there in the church. Now, you guys have heard some of this about this Wall Street bets, the Reddit army, so to speak. Several stories out we have at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And um, this was one that came out yesterday. On the verge, this Reddit army is on the verge of creating the most epic silver short squeeze in U.S. history. Now, what's interesting about this is that, you know, real money, gold and silver, and I say real money, constitutional money. That's what's mentioned in our Constitution. And the Bible talks about God finds uh, unjust weights and measurements an abomination. And so what we have here is for a long time the markets have been manipulated uh, concerning silver and gold. They just have. And we've allowed it through the Federal Reserve, which isn't a government entity, printing phony baloney monopoly money, and continuing to print it, which devalues that dollar, which makes the cost of other things go up, along with some of these cries for $15 an hour minimum wage and all kinds of silly nonsense like that. In fact, a whole minimum wage thing to me is unconstitutional because it infringes with the liberty of the person working and the employer. The employer ought to be able to say, I'm willing to pay this amount of money for you to work for me, and they have a and the you know, potential employer employee has the right to say, I'll take that or not. Well, what these guys have found out is how they've been manipulating the market, how nobody's held to account, standards and poor, standard and poor, uh, the S&P, all of this stuff. They're just as corrupt as the people in government. If you don't believe me, again, watch the, watch the film. Uh, I think it's called The Big Short on the housing bubble. And you'll see, they were expecting the people to follow the law, and they wouldn't follow the law because it was going to cost them to do that. So they covered it up. Well, this is what these guys figured out. Oh, we'll just go dump a bunch of money in here into GameStop. Oh, we can do that. Look at, look at how that did. We went from $40 to $400 and something dollars. Already silver, I think it was yesterday, was around $30 an ounce. Now, if they can get that up about $400, that'd be great. But see, they don't like, and then they're shutting them down. The app, Robin Hood, shutting them down. The elitists are warning their whole house of cards is going to come down if these guys are allowed to do what they're going to do. Why? Because they're not letting them rob people blind anymore? <sighs> see what happens when you become a lawless people? See what happens when you tolerate the lawlessness? When you tolerate the lawlessness, you embolden the lawless. The only way to bring that back in line is to bring justice to it. And we have the means. We're the people. We the people. Under our Constitution, we're the authority. Let's do it. 23 hours. See you.